You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Everybody, it is Wednesday evening. Time for American Winer. My name is Alex. How's everybody doing? My guest this evening, Lauren Knox Mounsey. We had some discussion about what name you would like to go by. You have a couple, so when we decided on that one, yeah. so <laughs> I'll respond to most. Yes. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, we we have a lot to talk about tonight. You have such an extensive career in the theater, so um, we'll jump right into it. First question I always ask with every interview uh, to begin with is, "Where were you born?" I was born in Detroit. Grew up in Clinton Township, Michigan. Detroit City, huh? Detroit City. Do you remember the hospital? St. John's Hospital. St. John's. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, so right down there. Yeah. Uh, and you grew up in Clinton Township. Clinton Township, then we moved to uh, Macomb when I was in middle school. Okay, so uh, northern, nor- mm-hmm. north of the city. Mm-hmm. Um, what were you into? Like, what was your childhood like? Like, how long were you in Clinton Township? When did you move to Macomb, all yeah. that? Like, I was in the Chippewa Valley School District for a while, um, until about fifth grade, Um I was always a very active kid. I was in sports and t-ball, um, but always a dancer, too. I was dancing at Mary Skiba School of Dance since I was three mm-hmm. and um, moved to Macomb in fifth grade, um, got a new group of friends, which was really fun, um, stuck with dance. And then in high school, I was playing softball and volleyball. And then my mom was like, you know, if you really want to do this acting thing, you should probably like do the plays because I was doing the drama classes and stuff. Um, but the show rehearsals always conflicted with um, your sports practice. career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, let's be real about this. So. so it was so you had an interest in theater before you actually I mean, well, obviously you had it before you were interested. You, you actually went and did it, but you didn't immediately pursue it. It sounds like like you kind of had a the itch before, you know, for a while before you actually went for it. Yeah. I think as a kid, I just was always like performing and, you know, I was always doing something. My mom would be filming it. Um, but taking it seriously, I think, you know, I would watch the award shows when I was a kid and be like, oh, that would be so amazing. But it seemed like so far off and I didn't even know kind of like where to begin. Um, but really my mom has always been such a dreamer. And it's like, go for your dreams, you know, and my dad's also very practical, like, well, if you want to do this, you're going to have to go on auditions. So he would like say, I'm taking you to an audition, like find one. So um, I guess it did take me a while. I don't know. I don't know what it was. Well, you said it was award shows that kind of initially sparked your interest in it. Which award shows? You know, I don't think it was. I don't know that that's like sparked my interest, but the allure of it, certainly there was um, something that I was like, oh, wow. I think what really inspired me was Barney, honestly, as a kid and uh, dance. I would wait a minute. No, yeah. Barney. No, like, Barney. Bar- seriously. Barney I, the dinosaur. Barney yeah. the big old purple dinosaur. I would watch it and I would be like one of the kids. Oh, you'd want you see your yeah. your original ambition yeah. was to be on Barney. That's actually a yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. That's a good ambition to have yeah. as a kid. I think. Thank you. Yeah. I also wanted to scan groceries at the grocery store, but maybe just because I'm a people person. Yeah. Well, um. <laughs> So you said your 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 mom would film you in videos and things yeah. like like what like you're performing like 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 I would choreograph um, a dance to the Spice Girls and I forget what video it it was but they were like throwing like stars like those throwing stars mm-hmm. and instead like I had pillows and I'm gonna uh, th- that's yeah. not spice up your life is it is I don't think the... it spice up your life 
I think it's the one that's like, I'm giving you everything. Mm. My my Spice Girls there. knowledge yeah. is kind of limited. It, it's it's limited to wanna be <laughs> and spice up your life and the movie. Both are great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Both are great. Um so but uh, what what did your parents do for a living or what do they do for a living, I should yeah. say? My dad did and still does work for GM. Mm-hmm. He's a dye design engineer with GM. And my mom was a nurse until I was two. And then she quit that job to be home with me and my brother and became a Mary Kay beauty consultant. Mm. And she has been doing that for 27 years now. Um, yeah, doing really well with that. All right. And it's uh, you and your brother. Is it older brother, younger brother? Younger brother. And Brother James, he lives like six minutes from here. I'm going to go see him after this. Oh, really? Yeah, what does he yeah. do? He is in accounting. Oh, uh, well, that's funny. There uh-huh. we go. Yeah, we were just talking about how this podcast building used to be an accounting firm. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. there you go. Yeah. Um, so uh, what kind of a student were you uh, as a kid? I, we kind of got into this a little bit. You said you were involved in extracurricular activities. Mm-hmm. But uh, but as far as your grades and actual schoolwork, how were you? Yeah, I was kind of always on the honor roll, high achiever, Um Grades are very important in our family, and I loved to learn. I loved to write. I loved to learn. Um, I feel like at home, my mom was always like playing with us and teaching us. Um, so I was a good student. Um, I graduated from the honors college at OU when I went to college, um, and yeah, that was one of the. I think about my classes there and my experience there all the time. Uh, some of the unique like classes we got to take, like we had a sociology, pop culture, and religion class. Hmm. That was just so cool, and that like still comes up. So I've thought like over the years, like when I ever go back to school, just because I do like to learn and I like to be writing papers and in that kind of environment. So I did well in school. Well, college is great for that, though. Like I remember yeah. one of the first classes I ever took in college was I can't remember the name of it, but it was basically pop music. It was oh, like cool. the yeah, history yeah. of pop music. That's and, awesome. And we were, and it was just, it was so easy because I already knew a lot of it. But like mm. you went from like you know the the nineteen forties and jazz and all that into the the beginning of rock and roll in the fifties with Little Richard and thing. And uh, I got introduced to a lot of cool music through that that I hadn't you know that I was maybe a little familiar with, but uh, I never had really looked into. And then I got to give a report. My thesis that year was <laughs> in that class was on a perfect circle. No this way. band that I, I, I uh, was listening to at the time and I still do listen to, but um, yeah, that, so that never happened again. I never got to do that. You know, that's the only time I've ever gotten to get a grade for talking about a perfect circle. Right. So right, that's, yeah. so that's what college is, is good for, right? It's like <laughs> it things you're like, wait a minute. I didn't know that school could be this interesting. You yeah. Know? Yeah. For sure. Uh, so, but, We'll, we'll, we'll jump into theater because this is like you have so much to get to that I want to spend most of the hour talking about that. Okay. Um, so you said it was when you were in high school that when your parents were like, you know, you've had this interest for a while. It sounds like you're, you know, you, you had sort of like a performance, uh, you know, you, you're sort of geared towards performance. Mm-hmm. But here's, you know, if you want to do this, we got to actually start getting you into it. Um, so I'll start off by asking like what, and I know you kind of already got into this a little bit, but like, why do you think you you gear you you gravitated towards theater in the first place? Like, you know, I feel like everyone's got. I feel like everyone has a dream when they're a kid, and I don't know, like, that you choose that dream or if that dream like chooses you. Because it sounds like you don't really remember like when no, it started. It just kind of all just the, has always yeah. been there, yeah. And I've always been a writer too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess with making my own music videos, a director, you know, so I think it's just been part of like my makeup, just part of who I've always been. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, but 
your parents were eventually like, why do you think they needed to be the ones like who told you like, okay, we need you if you want to do this, you got to start making moves on it now. I don't know. Maybe they they didn't. Uh, maybe I they saw that I might not have had the confidence or the just like you know go for it to 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 actually pursue it. Do you feel like maybe you needed their permission a little bit? Maybe like, yeah, and because actually my dad was when I applied to OU, I was going to be an English major and a drama minor. And because very practical, I mean, he was taught, learn a trade, learn a trade. And, you know, he's like, as much as he believed in my like talent, I think he was like, what kind of security, what kind of career is there going to be, you know, in this, in the theater? Um, cause we don't really have anyone in our immediate family or anything like that has ever pursued this. Um, but then again, my mom comes in with the dreams and, you know, she's like, well, this is really what you want to do. Like, you just got to go for it. Um, so at orientation, I switched my major and I had, um, already gotten into the, um, theater program at OU. And I think after that, when they said, yes, we want you, you know, that kind of seals the deal too. And it's like, oh, I actually can't, I actually have something here. Like, okay. You know, I think there's external people, validation. Yeah, there. it yeah. is. That helps. Yeah. Um, so why OU? Why'd you pick OU? You know, I went to several different schools, um, searched around and it just felt right to me. I went on some other campuses that had, you know, really well-known um, theater departments, but it just didn't feel quite right. And I've always been a homebody and I knew that I could live at home um, and go to OU. And something just, I loved the campus, like the trees and um, I love the Rochester area. So it just felt right. I always associate, right. Well, first of all, Meadowbrook, right. Yeah, you know, yeah. Meadowbrook was just a beautiful amphitheater. Mm-hmm. I, I like it better than DTE. I mm-hmm. like it better than Freedom Hill. Yeah, yeah, it's um, cool. I always associate Rochester, Meadowbrook and Oakland University with like these like rolling sun washed <laughs> fields, you know, like oh, under yeah. a beautiful sunset, mm-hmm. you know, deer walking through. Yeah. I can't yeah. pick, I don't think I've ever been, it's never been raining when I've been, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why that is. Um, but, uh, but anyway, um, so you went to OU. How long were you at OU? Four years at OU. Um, and you 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 did theater. And that's I did. what you did. Yeah, I graduated with a bachelor of fine arts in acting and an English minor. So was that kind of when you like you started to to actually get involved in the world of it, or had you been going on auditions prior to college? In college is when I started to audition for like Royal Oak Shakespeare in the Park, mm-hmm. um, which I had seen when I was in high school. And just really loved it. And, um, but it was in college where, you know, your professors are former working, either current or former working professionals. Right. So they're the ones who are, you know, and you have an audition class. And so go and do it, you know? Mm -hmm. And actually, every summer, this was so cool. Um, there was a group of us at OU that, um, they, a couple of friends of mine, they, they started it, but they would do like, um, like we did an Elton John musical and a Journey musical, and then um, like the Killers musical. Oh man, I don't know if I, I should be saying that. this because no, I don't awesome. know how like legal it was, but we weren't charging money or anything like well, that. Well, but so. they had like they had like plots, like it was like jukebox musicals yeah, yeah, yeah. then. So for the Killers, my friends were like, "Okay, these are the songs we want. This is like the main plot, and like connect them all together." And when you have like good musicians too, they've already got a story that they're like weaving through, right? So. It was fun. I got to be Jenny, and I died, and it was cool. <laughs> Jenny was a friend of mine, She right? was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, so 
what was that like then? Like, because after thinking about it for your whole childhood and adolescence, mm-hmm. and then you finally jumped into it. I mean, like, mm-hmm. and it sounds like you got accepted pretty much right away. Like, it was there was all you got some positive feedback right mm-hmm. off the bat. Um, I mean, what was that like? You know, like how did how did that go for you? It was really encouraging. OU was really good to me, and I had um actually I got into a show when I was a freshman um, because. Uh, John Manfredi, who um, he was, he's a fight choreographer. He came to my high school to choreograph Romeo and Juliet, and I was playing Benvolio. So I got to meet him and learn sword fighting from him and stage combat. So when I came to OU, he was like, "Oh, I know you. You can fight." Mm. And uh, so I got put <laughs> in the show, and that was really cool because not there were a hand, a small, a few of us as freshmen who got into the shows, but it wasn't as common. So that was like. I got to meet these other people and that was a boost of confidence there. Um, and then I think what really set, set me on a good course was, and this is just amazing. So I think it was my sophomore year. I took stage voice and there was, um, a guest professor who came in and she was a former resident artist at the Purple Rose. And uh. so she taught us the principles from the rose, like make it about your partner. Every scene is a love scene. Keep it simple. Tell the truth. And all of the kids in that class went on to be significantly cast in roles. And you could just see that like the proof was in the pudding. So like, I was like, I was like hooked. I was like, what? I got to go to this theater. Was that the first time you'd heard of the purple rose was Mm -hmm. through her? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or I think I, I had a couple other friends who had seen shows there and who were thinking about the apprenticeship program or into it, but she was the first person who was like, no, you have to go. And she actually, um, at the time, there was a play going on called Bleeding Red by Michael Brian Ogden, and she's like, you have to go see this play. So my friend invited me. We went to go see this play, and Brian, I had seen him in Shakespeare in the Park in Royal Oak, and I was like, oh, I know who he is. My friend was friends with him. And not only was he in the show, he was the playwright. And I was like, wait a second. Like, how did this work? Like, he's in the show, but he wrote the play. Like, what was that relationship like with, like, the director and, like, you know, him as a playwright but also an actor? And I just was so enthralled. And I left that day saying, I'm going to have a play done here someday. Mm. And And now you do. (laughs) And I do. But it was so cool because I feel like that was the first time, too, I'd ever seen a play that was relatable to my life. Like it was contemporary. It was in such an intimate space that, you know, you're, you know, four feet away from someone, sometimes less than. And right. it's Greek in a way because you're experiencing this thing so close together. Um, yeah. Well, what was your like initial ambition when you were going to OU? Did you kind of start off going, okay, I want to be an actress or I want to be a playwright or I want a director? Was it just sort of a, I'm just going to start and see what happens because you ended up doing pretty much everything you could possibly do. So, I mean, I'm just wondering, was, was there a, a tip of the spear where you just kind of like, I'm going to throw myself in and whatever happens, happens? Yeah, pretty much. I feel like there was a certain point where kind of what I was alluding to earlier, like I feel like this dream was kind of given to me. And from an early age, I was like, Lord, I have no idea how this is going to happen. So 
if like this is really what's going to happen for my life, like you're going to have to just like open doors for me and like show me where to go because I have no idea. Mm. So it's just been kind of a surrender to it, almost like what you're saying. And I just, you know, was like, all right, I'm going to pursue acting, but I'm also going to do directing because I'm passionate about that and playwriting because I'm also passionate about that. So I, I did know that I was passionate about directing and playwriting in addition to acting and Maybe even more so, but it was just the whole world with the theater and the storytelling is kind of what I've always wanted to be a part of. Okay. So you went to OU, you did your four years there. While you were there, you got your, this, this, this particular moment where somebody from the Purple Rose came in. Mm -hmm. And so you, and they told you like, you should, you should go there. Mm -hmm. So what happened after OU? What was the, the next thing? So it's just crazy how things come full circle. So I was graduating, um, in 2012. Spring of 2012, and one day my professor's like, oh, yeah, you know, I wish I knew someone who could speak French because they're looking for a girl who can play Catherine at Shakespeare in the Park Royal Oak. And I was like, mm, I can speak French <laughs> or I can learn. <laughs> I can do a French accent. Yeah, are you fluent in French? <laughs> no, but oh. I, I had been to France twice because oh. um, I had family who lived there. I was like, I, I, I can do it. Like, can I get an audition? So I go to the audition and Brian, the same Brian that um, I had really admired his work before. He was actually going to be playing Henry. Long story short, we got cast opposite each other. Mm -hmm. And at some point, he's like, so what are you going to do after this? Like, you just graduated. And I was like, I don't know. I might go to Seattle and write. Like, you know, when you graduate, it's like there's so many opportunities. But which ones are actually opportunities, you know? And he's like, you know, I think you should apply for the apprenticeship program. I think it'd be a really good fit for you. And I was like, you know... I don't know. I had heard about it from several friends who have done it. And I just heard it was so much stinking hard work. And I, and it's not an acting apprenticeship. It's like not a road to an acting career. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I don't know. But part of me was like, well, it would be an amazing opportunity to be a part of this theater and the workings of it. I, I might want to have a theater company someday. So it's like, all right, I'll apply. So I applied in August and, um, they had already had all of the apprentices that they needed for that upcoming year because apprentices come in um, in the fall. But Michelle came to the show, Michelle Mountain, resident artist at the Purple Rose. And she was like, I'm so glad we got to meet you. Your application is great. We want you top of the list for next year. And so I was like, okay, great. And I went home and I was like, all right, now what am I going to do for a year? And I ended up like uh, – sitting for an old woman for a while and um it was hard it was just like what am i doing mm -hmm. and i had a lot of honestly i had a lot of women from from church who were like just keep praying about it just keep like trusting the lord and just he's gonna bring you something he's gonna bring you something and i remember one day i was on my knees and i was just like okay lord i'm just gonna thank you in advance for what you're working out here and i got a call that day from Michelle Mountain saying, hey, Lauren, we just had an apprentice drop out. Um, are you still interested? And can you be here in two weeks? And I was just like, oh, my gosh. You're like, thank yeah. you. Yeah, I know. I was. <laughs> I seriously dropped to my knees. I was just like like laughing. Remember at the end yeah. of Home Alone 2, I think it is, where <laughs> Kevin like prays and then his family shows up. And he's like, wow, that was fast yeah, out the yeah. window. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Totally, totally. So two weeks later, I was sleeping on someone's futon until – um, I found a roommate and it was just crazy because, I mean, even when within my first week there, I ended up 
filling in for someone to do a stage reading. Mm -hmm. And at that time, that was unheard of. That was like apprentices were not given opportunities to fill in for a stage reading. And I was just reading for the stage manager who's mostly reading stage directions. But I happened to have like a few short lines. And I remember I heard Guy Sanville, the artistic director, like laughing in the back. And I was like, oh, that that's nice. You know, that feels good. And uh, he came up to me after the reading and he was like, what are you doing after this? I was like, you tell me. And uh, he's like, meet me in the theater. And I was like, oh, my gosh, he's going to have me do a monologue for him. He's going to have me do a monologue. I'm like, God bless my professors who always told me to have a monologue ready. So I go back to the theater, go to the bathroom, like running through monologue in my head. Sure enough, I show up in the theater. It's him and Michelle in the ghost light. And they're like, you got a monologue for us? I was like, yeah, I do. So I did the monologue. What, what was the monologue? It was from The Altruists by Nikki Silver about this psycho opera, soap opera actress who's like trying to break up with her boyfriend who tried to kill her. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> High drama. And um, so I did it and he's like, all right, you want to play a little bit? And he like worked with me. Had me just talk to Michelle, just like real simple like we do, and um, had me do some Shakespeare. He was like, you got any Shakespeare? I was like, yeah, what, what kind do you want? You know, at that point, I was like in love with Shakespeare. Anyway, uh, he was like, all right. He's like, you're really good. He's like, I don't know what that's going to mean for you for this next year, but we believe in your talent and we want to foster that. And I mean, that was the first week I was there. It just... It just felt like – and as time progressed, like that's, this really has been my experience at the Purple Rose. It's like the, those kinds of things have happened. Right. Yeah. It's so like this is a very – I mean meant to be – I mean it sounds yeah, cliche but like meant to be. Truly, you know. truly. Yeah. I tried to think of a better way to put that but I couldn't think of one. Simple. That's the truth. Yeah. Um, so I mean the apprenticeship is a year long. So tell me yeah. about the apprenticeship then. Oh my gosh. It's the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. After that first week. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And you've been married. Yeah. Yeah. And I am still married. Yeah. It was so hard because you're working like 60, 80 hours a week, um, making, you know, you're not making big bucks. Um, but it's just hard because it's just a lot of work. And at the time too, I think one of the hardest things for me is that I was around people who were so close to my dream or I was like so close to my dream of like acting and being in plays. And I, there was a part of me that was like, I know I could do this. Like I could have pursued this. Um, but then here I was like cleaning toilets and wiping floors on my knees. And, but you know what though? I was yeah. talking about this with my guest last week. Yeah. Nothing is beneath you, man. Like that no, is so absolutely. good for you. Though. It, oh, it really for sure. Is. Like, for sure. And I'm not like, a, I can't do this or whatever. No, no, I, I, that's but, not how I took it. I'm just saying like, that's why yes, it's good. You know, it that's is. why it's good that they're doing, doing it that way. Absolutely. And I mean, talk about like integrity guys, like, you know, you the way that you clean when no one's looking like that's what matters yeah that's you a know? good way of putting that like, yeah okay and one of my first jobs was like cleaning jeff's office oh, so I was okay. like, oh this is nice you know i'm like making sure i always used like the murphy's oil and the you know, <laughs> always did a good job in case he came um but no seriously it was um humbling experience trying but i the people that I've known who've gone through that have such a, an amazing work ethic that it's like they feel like they can do anything and they probably can. Right, <laughs> so, right. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. It is an amazing experience because you get to experience the ins and outs of this theater. And sometimes you're in the rehearsals depending on your role. 
um, which I was. And so I was watching Guy work with the actors and seeing how what he said affected them. And just the way that they worked was so different than how we worked um, in like the academic world um, that it was just amazing. It was really amazing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, so the apprenticeship that was, that would have been what 2013 if you graduated in Mm -hmm. 2012, it was 2012 to 2013. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, Since then you have obviously acted at the purple rose. Mm -hmm. You have directed at the purple rose and now you, uh, you're uh, the play that you wrote called a walk around the table is being made at the purple rose and that will be that that's this season right like mm-hmm. that's that's going to be summer 2020 so yes yeah, so another Next year, year. Mm-hmm. um so i want to talk about those three things okay. the writing the acting and the directing now mm-hmm. um rather than continue with the linear story of your life i, sure. I will we'll get into each of these subjects because yeah. we're we're, uh, we're moving right along here. Um, cool. But we'll start off with the writing part of it. First off, tell, tell us about A Walk Around the Table and mm-hmm. like what, what it's about and where the idea came from and what was writing it like. Gosh. Okay. So it's inspired by my real family. My grandma and grandpa came over from Procentro, Italy in the 50s. And my grandma would always tell me these crazy stories about how like – First of all, I don't know if you know many Italians, but like their sense of logic and superstition and like the way things work and why that they are, it's just like a whole different, it's just the way it is, but mm-hmm. it doesn't make any sense. It's awesome. <laughs> um, it's big love, big emotions. And my grandma would always tell me these stories like about the time that my grandpa got stuck up on the mountain with the donkey and the donkey wouldn't come down. And that same day is when his mom came to my grandma and said, we want you to marry our son. We, we have this necklace and these earrings. And so I would just write down all these stories that my grandma told me. Um, and so the at the heart of the story, it's how my grandma and my grandpa came together and it's um goes back from the present to the past. So it's Nona, grandma in her old age, like telling her anxious, soon to be married granddaughter, you know, the story of how her and grandpa came to be. And uh she uses it to kind of calm her calm her down a little bit, assure her it's gonna be okay. You're gonna be okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was that based on a real moment that you had with her? No, it wasn't. But which is interesting because I started really writing this after my grandma passed, and that was really cool to, like, imagine. Um, like, some of the dialogue is things that we would say all the time. Like, you know, you say, oh, have a cookie. Oh, I'm good. Why? You f- you're going to get fat? Like, you're too skinny. You got to eat. You know, it's just like, <laughs> that's just what it is, you know? And you're like, I'm eating. I'm eating. Well, I don't see it, you know? So <laughs> it's just some of those things are very much real, and others were imagined, which is kind of sweet. Well, our, our – um. Are they your maternal maternal grandparents? Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. Yes, yeah. And, and uh, so it's it's about is it about them coming over to America then, or is it about mm-hmm. is it about them? It's about them meeting how they how they came together. Okay, yeah. there's a bit of a. Mm, my grandpa's with somebody else in the beginning, or uh, the the young man's with somebody else in the beginning. So, okay, yeah. A uh, lot of it, the heart of it, is really his mother scheming to get them get together. Him. Yes, is yeah. the donkey in the play? Uh, the donkey is featured, yeah. All right. Yeah, you might not – you'll have to imagine it, uh-huh. but there is a whole scene where he is stuck on the mountain yelling at this donkey. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. And it's David Bendina. He's hilarious. Oh, that's who's playing him? Oh, that's anything. awesome. Yeah, he's who else is Who else is in it? Um, Paul Stroyley plays the dad. Um, Rhiannon uh, Ragland. Maria Kelly. 
Um, Maria see. Kelly's on American Winer at the end of July, so yes. I'll ask her about that. Christian Shields, Caitlin Cavanaugh, um, and a new guy named Stephen Whitus. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, how long did it take you to write? Like, what was the writing process like? Um, I think I started in the winter time, maybe in December, and of just this just this months. past year. No, two years ago. Two years ago. Yeah, and um, I think it was a couple months of like really steady working, and actually we had a reading of it in. When did we have a reading of it? We had a reading in like February. Um, of 2016, 2017. I don't know my years right now, but we had a reading in February and it was one of the like, I don't want to say most embarrassing, but like the most exposed I've ever felt. And the reading did not go how I imagined it in my head. And I was just like, okay, this is not what I thought. And, um, you know, after the play, we get to do these readings like, you know, in private. So the, you know, our, the artistic director can say, okay, so what's the play about? And he's not asking the playwright. He's asking everyone else in the room. Mm-hmm. So the playwright gets to hear what other people see and what's maybe missing from what you wrote. And I left that day and a lot of the play, that original draft took place in the present. But what I really found is that the true story lies in the past and that's where the fun is. That's where the excitement is. That's where the action happens. Mm-hmm. So guy was like, you need to separate the present scenes and the past scenes and see what you've got. Um, so I did that. And then about a month later, they're like, we want to do a reading of it at the library. Can we put that together? I was like, Oh yeah. So Michelle and I would get together. She gave me amazing feedback. She's her and guy are just amazing with scripts. Um, and we did a reading of it in April, standing room only. People were like laughing and crying and like, when are you going to do it? And it was just like, it was just wild. This guy looked at me and he was like, um, I just wanted to ask, like, what's your, you know, background in writing? I was like, well, my fourth grade teacher told my mom I was going to be a writer. I've kind of always been a writer. And he just looked at me and he goes, you are a writer. <laughs> and I was like, Thank you. I think I almost cried. It was just like crazy. You know, it's like, I don't even know who this guy is. Yeah, and yeah. who it doesn't matter. You know, it's not like he's some like critic or something, but just was, a stranger who had yeah. no, you know, no reason to lie to you. Right, said, yeah. you know. <laughs> well, but so I was going to ask though, like, what is your background in writing? Like, this wasn't the first play that you've written, was no, it? No, you know, I've always been a writer. I really have. Like I said, my fourth grade teacher told my mom I was going to be a writer. She told her that I write with emotion. And I've always kept a diary, always kept a journal. Um, well, what did you write when you were nine? Like, was it? Uh, literally, I wrote, um, I remember I had this entry from like second grade and it was, today I'm sad. Danny moved to Dallas, Tessa. <laughs> and Tessa. Tessa. Yeah. You don't know how to spell. Yeah. Or like, you know, James is so mean to me, which is my brother, you know, fighting and all these things. But, so it was, it was yeah. basically like a little Twitter almost. It was. Thing. It yeah. was my own little this, – these yeah. are my feelings. This is how I'm feeling, which I think really is what developed. As I got older, I started to write a lot more poetry. Mm-hmm. And like, oh my gosh, I used to write songs in you know elementary school, middle school. And then in high school, you know, you get really connected to your feelings and start writing poetry and 
you hear new music for the first time. You're like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Um, this must have been made just for me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right, right, yeah. Right, yeah. I remember the first time I like got into Death Cab, Death Cab for Cutie. Oh, hell yeah. I was like, guys have emotions, guys have feelings. And ben I don't, Gibbard. Yeah, I'm like, I don't mean to say that in like a no 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 i got you oh this is amazing like i love your words it totally changed things for me two things brothers on a hotel bed is one of the saddest freaking songs i've ever heard i cannot i can't i almost can't listen to it it's just too much right now it's and the other thing do you know who harvey danger are they sang a song called Flagpole Sitta in the Midnight. I'm not mm. sick, but I'm not well. Oh, yeah, that yeah, song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They discovered Death Cab because they're both from Seattle. No and way. in fact, uh, Sean Nelson, the singer from Harvey Danger, sings the harmonies on Crooked Teeth. Oh, my gosh. Um, so that, that's, that's amazing. that was how I got introduced to them because I'm a oh, huge cool. Harvey Danger fan. And, I and yeah, love Death Cab. I used to have a poster of them Did on my you? wall in college. Oh, yeah, the like, coolest. Go-to college band there. Yeah. <laughs> um, glad they're still around, too. They're yeah, still they still are. going strong. Yes, they are. But so you're into Death Cab, and so you started mm-hmm. writing poetry. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And so when was the first time you wrote a play, though? I think it was um, in um, – I think in college is when I read my first – like I wrote my first, um, I guess what I would call full-length, kind of fully realized play mm-hmm. that really ended up being just for me and – we ended up doing a reading of it for my birthday one year. It was like all I wanted was to get my friends together and just hear this play. Um, inspired by a nasty <laughs> breakup. <laughs> uh, yep. So very much feelings. Lots of feelings. Not a whole lot happened feelings. in the play. Yeah. <laughs> it was really just a lot of talking. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so that was the first one. I was, was in college. The one, and yeah. then. Oh, Actually, though, in um, for real, though, in college, I took a playwriting class and oh. started writing like scenes. And um, I had a, actually a short scene that I wrote like a 10 minute play that was um, we read at Planet Ant um, that got accepted to, to be read there. And then we did what's called pageant plays at OU, mm-hmm. which is um, they actually take all of these like uh, like Bible stories from like creation to the Revelation. end yeah exactly yeah and it was something that they used to do historically so like the fishermen would always sponsor the story of you know jonah and they would do that and the carpenters would do the ark you know um noah and anyway so i wrote a play um called for such a time as this based on like the story of esther uh, um is that the one with the grain or the wheat or something. That's Ruth. Oh yeah, That's no, Ruth I always get them Boaz. mixed up. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, forget I said yeah. that. Keep going. The story of Esther is really cool. Um, so that was the first play that was produced somewhere that we did. Um, and then I did actually have a short play, um, a ten-minute scene I wrote inspired by um, a real life experience I had um, at a Whole Foods that was done as a um, part of the Spring Comedy Festival at the Purple Rose in 2014. Mm. Mm-hmm. When I think comedy, I think Whole Foods. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, I was in Whole Foods one day and I'm like working on my laptop. I'm like doing my thing. Uh-huh. Clearly, I have, I have headphones on. I'm like working. And this guy started to strike up a conversation with me. Anyway, ended up asking me out and I was like, oh, I have a boyfriend. He's like, oh, okay. He's like, well, 
The reason I ask is that I'm moving to Florida in two weeks, and so I was just kind of like practicing. So like, how was that? <laughs> and I was like, well, "What do you? How was what? You know?" So we had this conversation, and it well, was how did he like, do? I got I got know. I was like, um, "Do you want me to be honest with you?" Like, I felt for this guy, and uh, he was like, "Yeah." I was like, "Well, you know, maybe next time, like, see if the person's like." responding to you before you like ask yeah learn how to read body yeah, language yeah. And, and then i was like and you didn't have to move closer because at one point he like moved to a closer table he's like oh that didn't do anything for you i was like no it didn't really the fact that it. i didn't stop typing or take right. my headphones off should have been a dead giveaway yeah. and i'm so i'm like i am the person who will take the headphones off and like talk to you but then i'm gonna I put them not. back on <laughs> well <laughs> Anyway, but yeah. but yeah, so I mean, it's not you'd had numerous things going on before, but was a walk around the table the first time you wrote something where you're like, I'm ready to show this to people, no matter how yeah. much of a panic attack I get when I hear it read out loud. Like mm-hmm. you said, that first reading, you were just like, this is not what I thought it was going to be. Right. Oh God, no, you know, like I can just I can just imagine that where you're like your whole body is just vibrating with, yeah. with nerves because you're like, I, I this is not <laughs> yeah. what I. Oh God, they're judging me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so, but was that the first one that you wrote where you're like, I'm ready to show this to somebody regardless of what happens? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, why do you think it was that one? What, what, what about that one made it, especially cause it was so personal to you. I mean, yeah. it seems like that might make it even harder to show people. You know, I think part of like, I just, I love Italians. Like I love these people. <laughs> I do. And I wish that everyone could come over for Sunday dinner, uh-huh. so, you know, just to like, laugh and like experience like the big love and the big joy and the big emotions. So part of it was like, I want to share these people and this story. Um, Cause also at the heart of it is like these questions of like, you know, how do I know you really love me? Cause back then it wasn't really about love. It was, you're going to marry this person and that's it. Right. It was an arrangement it sort was, of thing. Yeah. yeah. And still today there is that sense of you're still making a commitment to somebody and it's not just about feelings. It's not just about, and you really can't know exactly how the other person's feeling. It's just a kind of a leap of faith in a way of like, well, I'm, I love you. I'm choosing to love you. And so we kind of see that these questions that the granddaughter was asking are the same that grandma was asking like so long ago. Um, so I, I don't know. You know, I also part of it, I've always been a little competitive. Like I just applied to U of M to see if I could get in mm-hmm. kind of thing. And we were reading some plays or I would I would read these plays and I was like, I can do this. I can do this. Mm-hmm. So that I think also was part of it was a like, no, I, I can do it. And just some drive. I don't know. I remember early in the early days of YouTube, I, I looked up a video of Stephen King and this was uh, like in 2006. So it was really, really early. And mm. this was one of the only videos of him on the mm. site at that time. And he was talking about writing and starting out writing. And he said, and, and there'll come a time I'm paraphrasing here where you read something and you go, this really sucks. <laughs> I can do better than this. And this got published. Right. So yeah. there's that was your moment there Honestly, where you're there like, not necessarily this sucks, but just right. I can do this sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um yes. so, well a walk we could keep talking about this for the rest of the show easily, but uh a walk around the table um will be uh at the Purple Rose summer twenty twenty. Yes. And uh so go see it everybody. Um 
We're going to move on to acting now. And uh, I'm going to kind of just fire questions at you here because we sure. are, we, believe it or not, we are. We have about 15 minutes left. Wow. This goes by quite fast. Cool. Um, so, uh, but acting, um, who are your influences when it comes to acting? You know, I was thinking about that and really I think I have – Instead of who, it's like what influences me as an actor. Hmm. And those really are like the principles at the Purple Rose, which are tell the truth, keep it simple. You are enough. It's character. Like we're not interested in you putting something on. It's you, 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 your humanity, your everything under these circumstances. What's going to happen? You know, it's like you go into the room and you're like, let's see what happens. Um, so those principles influence what I, do as an actor what we do at the at the rose as an as um you know as a company but i find that i'm really inspired when i was thinking about this i was like you know the two people that came to mind um the first were millie bobby brown from the first season of stranger things when she had like maybe three lines in the whole series or papa something. yeah that was her line yes yeah. And I was blown away with how much she could communicate without saying anything. And a kid too. Yes, That's exactly. Crazy. Yeah. yeah, I was like, yeah. how does she manifest all of this at yeah, yeah, such a young age? Did you see Godzilla by any chance? No, I no? didn't. It was a terrible movie, okay. but she was pretty good. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. And then the other person is um, her name is Maddie Ziegler, and she's the dancer featured in Sia's video. Right. Yeah. 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 And hers the same thing. So I think for me, I'm just like drawn to like people or actors or movers who like live it they like live in this world and just like it just comes out of them that's crazy that it was two kids that came you said you were thinking about with actors is a lot of unlearning it's a lot of letting things go because kids you you go into a room of kids and you say okay who are the actors and they all like raise their hands or like who are the singers oh me i can sing Mm -hmm. you go into a room of adults you're like who are the who are the actors yeah maybe two people get a shrug or even though they might be like super legit or they have like a friend next to them who like slaps them like, you, you're an actor. Mm-hmm. So there's something we apologize or we like hide a little bit or, you know, we're, we're told sometimes like, oh, you should never laugh like that. Like that's really embarrassing. Or like when you cry, it's like super – it's like really ugly. Like, man, there's snot coming out of your nose. You know, <laughs> but a kid's just like doing the thing. Right. So I think the judge is – maybe not there or a lot quieter for kids and the judge being a purple rose theater sort of uh uh i don't even know what you'd call it it's it's it's, it's this thing inside your head that judges you basically yeah. and, and they tell you to give it a personification mm-hmm. and then before you go into a performance you're told to fire your internal judge yep. so that you don't have those inhibitions right right and i think to me that's why out of all of the acting playwriting directing acting is the hardest for me um and I think because the the critic is the loudest for me as the actor hmm. because it, acting is such a vulnerable thing. It's just you. It's just you're the instrument. You know, even though like for maybe playwriting, it's my words. Someone else is putting their, you know, it's it's different. You're putting your whole self out there. It's just very vulnerable. It's hard. I'm going to uh, fire a couple more questions at you yep. um, just to kind of, uh, you know, one after the other here. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite role that you've played so far? Oh, gosh. Um, really had a really fun time with Evelyn in um, Willow Run because we got to sing and dance. It was one of the hardest roles I've ever done because my 
boyfriend died every night and like handed me a telegram. So that was like a snot kind of like, I don't know if I can do this. It takes a lot out of you. Performances. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then this last role that I played was um, Lydia and All My Sons. Mm-hmm. Thank God there's no snot. I mean, there's a lot no, of crying in that, I but know. not your character doesn't no. do any of it. Thank so. God for for Lydia. But I learned. I just I learned a lot from her and got to be really free. I think mm-hmm. in that role. She's such a positive yeah. force in that play. She makes. She, she kind of is the positive force. She I would say is yeah. She makes lemonade. Yeah. For real. <laughs> and my yeah. dress had lemons on it. One day I was like. Oh my gosh, I make lemonade. And for real, mm-hmm. not reluctantly, not like one of those people who's like, oh, I have to make. It's like, no, this is how I'm choosing to see this thing or, you know, live my life. I, that Maybe that's really deep for Lydia, but. And if I, I, re- if I recall correctly, you're also the thunder at the very beginning. I was so the that's thunder. also very important as well. Um, uh, having trouble reading my handwriting. Uh, oh, what's a role that you want to play that you haven't yet? used to be Juliet. It used to be? Yeah. Why isn't it anymore? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Come back to me on that one. I'm not sure. All right. Um, well, actually, we'll move on to a directing now. Um, so uh, was the odd you – know, here, I'm, I'll preface it with this. Sure, you yeah. directed The Odd Couple at the, at the Purple Rose, and that yeah. was the first time that you directed professionally, yeah. right? Had, mm-hmm. Was that the first time that you'd ever directed? Um, not the first time I directed, I had directed, um, um, what is it? Um, Charlotte's web at wild swan, I think just prior to that. Um, and, but that had, that. so you'd only had one production under your belt before mm-hmm. and cause I know I, I, I don't think I've, I usually tell staged. people how we, how I meet my guests. Mm-hmm. We met in an acting, in the acting class, obviously, that I've mm-hmm. had other people from the class on, mm-hmm. you know, over the past year. Mm-hmm. Um, but you were one of my directors because mm-hmm. we, we, we would break into groups and you were the last director and we did a scene from a Greek play that I can't remember the name of. Um, uh, Trojan women. Trojan women. Yeah. And I played Poseidon, I believe, yeah. the sea god. Yeah. Um, but I remember – so I heard this story from you just because standing around talking, you yeah. said Guy asked you to direct The Odd Couple yeah. at one point. And so so that's that's how I know this already. So I already know this story. But could you just tell the story again as to how you got to yeah. direct The Odd Couple after you only had one production, Charlotte's yeah. Web, under your belt? Well, I will say that he he – had me directing in the actor director classes for several years. Oh, so so you... I did have, he did see me working as a director. Mm-hmm. And then I had two directing internships before this. So it wasn't just on a win. So you, you had know, training. Ab- yeah, you were absolutely trained. Absolutely. Yeah. Right under him. And the, the qualification for directing at the Purple Rose is a keen understanding of what a Purple Rose show is. So it's only, it will be offered. If you show this understanding of what a Purple Rose play is. I have to ask, what is yeah. that understanding? Like, what is You know, Rose I think show? it's part of those principles is knowing that we keep it simple, nothing extraneous. Um, yeah, just the way that we work, keeping it simple, um, an element of, of magic and not being too literal, um, but not being afraid to go there. Yeah, it's kind of hard to name. It's just... You, you just know, know it. it when you see yeah, it. Yeah, you know it. Yeah. So 
one day a guy's like, all right, we're going to do a, a reading of The Odd Couple. I want you to be there. Why don't you read the play and tell me what you think about it? So I read it and I thought it was funny. I thought it was great. He's like, all right, come to this reading. So there's a table of people. They do the reading. I'm like, this is hilarious. This is great. Cool. A week goes by. Guy pulls me into his office with Michelle and he's like, so I think we're going to do The Odd Couple and uh, we want you to direct it. And I like looked behind me and I was like, me? You want me to direct it? And he was like, yeah. I was like, are you sure? <laughs> and he was like, yeah. He's like, I'm going to be in it. Michelle's going to be in it. Like all of these people that I admire and respect and had only been acting with like. Well, the people that you worked bit. for, yeah, like your mentors. Exactly. Yeah, I'm like, I'm directing you. Um, but they were so great because they were so good. They made my job easy. But it was a lot. There were eight people in that show. For my first show, three acts, it was crazy. Well, and did they, I mean, were, you were in charge. Like, yeah. was there ever a moment where you were like, I have to tell Guy Sandville, you know, this is what I want from you and I'm not sure how he's going to react, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, what was that like, the whole process? Yeah. I mean, I know it's I know it's a big question. Like, how yeah. do, you can't encompass that, you know, that easily, but I mean. I think at first, I, you know, you come in with so much, like, naivety, you know? Like, I feel like I was so young. I was, what, 26, 27, and here are these 60-year-old men who have been acting for their whole for Longer a long than you've time. been alive. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And I'm going to tell them what to do. So I, I think had I not been so, like, grateful for this opportunity, I probably would have just been, like, crapping my pants all day. <laughs> but I, you know, just did it. But I look back at some of the things. I'm like, I had no idea what I was doing. But they were so good. And th- and I did know what I was doing because I wouldn't be there if I if I didn't. Well, it sounds like they probably like part of the reason they they gave it to you is they're like we can see her, how she works, but we'll be right there too exactly. to sort of you know. And Michelle was my assistant director, so she was uh, right there. Really great staff of stage management who's right there to give you input when you want and um, say something. And um, but they were so great. And Guy was then also the producer and really you know was there to make sure everyone was doing their job and, um, you know, helping me do my best job. His job is like making sure everyone can do their best work. And he's really good at that. What's a show that you want to direct? Mm. Actually, I'm working on a, sh- a play. So that's kind of what's on my brain right now. Is Are this. you writing it too? Or? I am. Ah. Yeah, I'm writing this play and um, it's inspired or has a lot of like um, movement in it, inspired by the viewpoints and Bogart's viewpoints. And I really want to see it come together. So when might that be happening? Do you I think? don't know. You know what I'm working on? Um, I was just working on it today and it's close to like a first reading. So we'll see. Can I ask the general premise? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's called surrogate and it's about a couple who can't have kids at the beginning of the play. They're like burying their dreams to have kids. And then they get a call from this, um, this friend who's like, I need a place for my son to stay. Can he stay with you? And their, their relationship, they're unfolding and you figure out why the kid can't be at home. And, um, so there is poetry, but then very much real scenes. But then you have these moments um, that the viewpoints kind of allow for to go deeper. And without having to say anything, you see what's going on um, or you see something expressed in a different way. 
Um, so yeah. All right. Well, we'll keep a, keep a lookout for that. Cool. Um, out of the three sort of, uh, you know, things that you've, uh, that you've excelled at since you've Mm -hmm. been a professional, uh, in the theater, mm. what do you have a preference for for acting, directing, or writing, or does it really not matter? Is it just kind of depends on the day? Hmm. I would say lately it's a close. It's it's really close between directing and acting. I think um, when you are both, or sorry, did I say directing and acting? I meant yeah. directing and playwriting. Oh, okay. Um, but they all feed into each other. So who I am as an actor and a director plays into the playwriting. You know. Um, but I think right now I feel most confident with directing and playwriting. There's something that's different also with playwriting and and directing. I mean, you're never finished. Like you never are like, we've arrived and this is the perfect show. But, um, there's a different sense of like a closure or a finality in being like, okay with where you end up in your work at a certain point with acting, you know, once we open the show, you're still just working on execution. It's not like about inventing at that point, mm-hmm. but it is this constant thing that's like changing every day. When you're directing, you're not there directing after you open. You know, it's like you create this thing and then just put it out there and see where it, see how it affects people. Well, you did say that acting, you find it the hardest out of mm-hmm. the three, too. So. Yeah, I do. Yeah. So that makes sense. Um, well, believe it or not, we're at the top of the hour. Wow. Already. Uh, so this, this absolutely, it always goes by quickly. Um, but, uh, just tell us uh, what you got coming up in the future. And, uh, if you want to promote anything, uh, now's the time to do that. Come see a walk around the table, uh, next summer. We've got a really great season though. All, all the new play, all the plays at the Purple Rose this year are going to be new plays. Um, three of them. No, actually all of them are written by, I think David's a Michigan native. Um, Carrie Krim, David McGregor, Jeff Daniels, and myself are. Um, it's all homegrown plays. They though. are, yeah. yeah, they are. So come and see them. Yeah, come all right, those. Lauren Knox Mounsey. Your stage name is Lauren Knox. <laughs> your married name is Mounsey. Yes. So we figured we'd include all three of them. <laughs> thank you. Uh, but thank you so much for being here. <laughs> thank it's been you. Been great to talk to you. Um, next week, uh, Michelle Mountain's going to be here. So awesome. resident artist and many many other things at the Purple Rose. Uh, We'll be talking to her. Looking forward to that. But uh, everybody have a great week.